0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV pilot's license flight number 14 with service to Gotham. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember that while the seatbelt signs are on, please refrain from changing into your superhero costumes in the bathrooms even during a emergency. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Kervis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today?
1: We're back, baby. na 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 podcast. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> All right, I, Max, I-
1: you only get 10 more of those. <laughs> well, I for, promise to use them wisely.
0: <laughs> well, after our Thanksgiving break, um, we decided to do something a little bit different. We've never done two animated shows in a row before, but... With the passing of the great Kevin Conroy, uh, we decided to honor his legacy today and do the Batman animated series. Um, But you know, boys, today, as we talk about this 1990s classic, I wait a minute, I see a signal (laughs) in the sky. It appears (laughs) that it is a nerd signal. So while we navigate the streets uh, and skylines of Gotham, we will be joined by a special guest pilot, our guest pilot today can be found on the stage, on screen, and over the airwaves. She is a performer at the Otherworld Theater and a co-host of the Relatable Nerds podcast. Please press your call buttons and welcome <laughs> Ilsa Morales.
2: Welcome, Ilsa. much.
0: welcome, Ilsa.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Thank you so much. That was so nice. Hi, guys. Thank you for responding Hello. to our thank extremely
3: you. generic uh, method of communication, just floating something in the sky. It still works. <laughs> It still works. Twitter is dead. It still works.
2: Exactly. Twitter is over, so now I've just been waiting for smoke signals. Um, Thank you for that lovely introduction. Of course. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. Ilsa, we're really excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Relatable Nerds podcast?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So uh, I host a podcast called Relatable Nerds. I have a co-host named Kyra. Um, we are both, uh, Latina and women and, uh, we're nerds. And we like to talk about, um, everything in the nerd dumb, like pop culture topics, like, um, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC. Um, I expect that's why I was asked here today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we just like, uh, talk about like Star Wars and things like that and, um, Uh, We just talk about it from the perspective of, like, being, like, women of color, and we're also just, like, pretty dumb also, (laughs) but we know, like, the the definition of nerds is expanding. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We know quite a lot about comic books and, like, Star Wars and pop culture, but not a lot about other things. And it's just a fun podcast, and I encourage you all to listen. I don't know if that was a good sell, but I'm <laughs> it's in. good. Yeah, we're. <laughs> I mean, we're completely.
3: You know what in. you should do is the Batman animated series. I think that one might be a pretty solid thing to start off with.
2: <laughs> it was, yeah, um, we've talked. We've got we had like a whole episode just talking about like Batman's dick. That's the kind of like stuff that we like will discuss. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, I
0: would. I would not be surprised if that doesn't come up in this episode, but we're going to talk. We'll, we'll see. We'll let the uh, the evening uh, take us in its course. <laughs> well, Ilsa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for those who might be here just to hear Ilsa's opinion, possibly more about Batman's dick or possibly about other things. Who can say? Um, Max, do you Stay mind telling folks about the podcast that we're doing absolutely,
1: today. Absolutely. But first, Jeff, I just got to say, we're we're 14 episodes into this. We have to stop saying we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We've done like <laughs> three things total so far. Uh, everything's going to be different for a good long time. <laughs> uh, but welcome aboard to TV Pilot's License. We are a podcast that breaks down and analyzes the pilot episodes of some of TV's most famous and infamous shows. We figure out how these things were greenlit, what made them successful as pilots, if they could be made today, and if we're inclined to keep watching. Uh, we've got uh, 13 other episodes now uh, wherever you get your podcast. so go back and listen and uh, welcome aboard. We hope you have a smooth flight.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Max. And Rich, you always come in with something a little bit extra, a question maybe of the week. So what is richest
3: question of the week yeah we're we're thought-provoking this week we're uh in a in a week dominated with news about billionaires i want to set the record straight that i don't think batman is a superhero and i think he's just a rich person with a lot of fun tools um but and a lot of free time and uh so i'm curious now uh since we've watched this show about a person with just oodles of money what is an actual superpower that you would
0: want Wow. Is this too deep a question for for the nerd group? No, I think this is a great (laughs) question. Elsa, I'd love to hear what your superpower of choice would be.
2: I already know. Um, It's super easy for me. I want to be like Magneto. I want to have his powers. Like, Mm. I want to be able to Mm -hmm. manipulate metal. Um, I've always wanted this power and I think it's because I have really bad road rage and I would just murder people (laughs) in front of me, like all the time. I would just like crush their cars and move them out of the way. So I would be so evil. So I shouldn't have a superpower, but that's, that would be my superpower. What a great
0: reason. I mean, I'm, I'm worried our podcast now can be evidence for a jury (laughs) and a trial. State farm uh, if you're listening. Stop. (laughs) Max, what about you?
1: For me, I've wanted to go with, uh, like, the Scarlet Witch, uh, like, Wanda Maximoff ability to just sort of, like, manipulate matter and space. I would do it for really mundane stuff, though. Like, it takes way too long for a pot of water to boil on a stove. I would just be like, all right, this is going to be boiling now. Or, like, we're going to, like decorate my apartment just like really low stakes power <laughs> like like low stakes is just really really like okay. high stakes powers
3: Il- ilsa is using hers for traffic you're using yours for like mild interior decorating
0: <laughs> well Rich, wait, wait till you hear mine oh it's the ability to knit really quickly Oh, uh, i actually so there's a variation of this power of the idea of like manipulating time and space um if you know the 2002 hit movie Clock Stoppers, I <laughs> want the ability to manipulate time so that I can do things quicker and find more time in the day. Could you imagine it only taking like a minute to get to work? Because wow. like in L.A. traffic especially, you're just biking through cars or... It's maybe, called owning
3: a motorcycle, Jeff.
0: Maybe that four-hour dinner that you want to prep still takes four hours. But it's one minute of real time. Uh, so
1: Man, uh, we got we got a podcast hosted by three manipulators. What is this, Barstool?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Um Welcome I, back also, to Call Her Nerdy. I've always wanted to. That's oh my god! That should have been the name of my fucking podcast. I'm so mad right now. Um,
3: <laughs> we'll work on the rebrand after
0: this, yeah. Jeff.
2: I've always thought about like being able to stop time, but then you know what worried me is like, would you still age?
0: I mean, yeah, you possibly might age faster, but like, hey, I'm over 30. It's only going downhill from here. Embrace <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Rich, what about you? I
3: actually have a horrifying theory that uh, that, you know, when I take 3 milligrams of an edible, it kicks in uh, that uh, someone could be stopping time constantly <laughs> and having that and having that in real life and no one would ever know. Uh, anyways, uh, mine is also time related, but I would love the ability to go back in time, uh, because if someone was mean to me at Trader Joe's, I could go back and seduce their dad and they would never
0: exist. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's wonderful. Well, oh Rich, wh- what a way to kick off an episode about a classic animated series about a man who doesn't have superpowers. Um. <laughs> but can seduce your dad oh (laughs) and has i think bruce can absolutely do that well before we talk a little bit more about batman the animated series let's talk about a quick synopsis the dark knight battles crime in gotham city with occasional help from robin and batgirl that's it we don't see two of those characters in this episode but it does give a decent explanation about what we're going to talk about. But Max, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how Batman the Animated Series came to life.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So as we've mentioned, we're going to be talking about Batman the Animated Series, specifically the episode The Cat and the Claw, which originally aired on September 5th, 1992. Uh, Just a quick note before I get into background history. Uh, This, like a lot of other animated shows, has some different Episode orderings, depending on where you look, the episodes did not air in the order they were produced originally, but this episode is the first televised one. If you're streaming on HBO Max, where you currently can find it, it's episode one. If you happen to have a DVD box set, things are a little bit out of order. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that. We have seen this happen with some animated shows, uh, same with our Father of the Pride episode. But this show is created by two gentlemen named Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski. Uh, the two of them were working for Warner Brothers on the Fox Kids show Tiny Toon Adventures, which you may know as being the first TV project of Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. Uh, so he's a producer on that. It's basically the next generation of Looney Tunes characters studying at uh, Acme Looniversity. Oh, I remember this very well. It was... uh, it's also just wild to me that like Spielberg was producing Tiny Toon Adventures while... I, I'm guessing being in production on, like, Schindler's list and, like, having to balance both of those things simultaneously, which must be, like, really difficult to keep track of. <laughs> uh, but anyways, after the success of Tim Burton's Studio Batman film, uh, the head of Warner Brothers approaches the animation division, which is a huge list of properties that they own, looking into the next animated series they could create. Uh, so Tim and Radonsky basically... Uh, They go to Batman right away. This is the one they want to do. They want to try and do a new original take. And they make this 90-second pilot presentation with no dialogue to show off the animated style they're working on. From there, they get commissioned to make a half-hour pilot with a 65-episode order off the bat. Which is just... It's huge. And these guys, they've never been showrunners before. They've been working on, like, true kids animation. And so they're a little bit lost. So they bring in two other people. Uh, They bring in a writer named Alan Burnett, who has worked for years on things like Super Friends and Smurfs, along with one of their Tiny Toons writers, Paul Dini. And they're all super excited because they get to break away from this, like, kind of campy 80s children animation. And they get the approval to do things like guns and fistfights as long as, like, It's alluded to and not actually showing like full on murdering happening. They get a lot of lead way. Mm -hmm. So they decided to draw from things like old film noir, Alfred Hitchcock films, as well as a lot of like the Batman universe graphic novels that were coming out, uh, looking at stuff by like Frank Miller and Alan Moore, who you may know from projects like Sin City and Watchmen as well. Oh, cool. What I thought was super impressive here is that these guys actually crafted this massive show bible uh, essentially an overview of everything they wanted to do rules for the series and it's so detail oriented this bible you can find it online with a little bit of research it's 153 pages long and i just want to read one thing really quick it's the opening page to it. it's their introduction to their showrunner bible
3: it's the first 35 pages
1: and uh (laughs) so yeah this is this is the intro to the series this is their first pitch night in gotham city Only the faintest rays of moonlight break through the steamy darkness. Shadows are black, twisted, and frightening. The thick night air carries many sounds, breaking glass, sputtering neon, harsh bitter voices and police sirens. Always police sirens. Most of Gotham's daytime inhabitants have long since fled to the suburbs or into the security-gated apartments. This is not a safe place after dark. One thing and one thing alone keeps Gotham from drowning in a sea of corruption and despair. It is a grim being cloaked as much in mystery as he is in shadows. Like a bat, he dives out of the night to feed on Gotham's evil. To some, he is merely a legend. To others, he is a dedicated, driven avenger. And to criminals, he is their worst nightmare. He is Batman. Oh, Batman. I mean. uh, it just I mean. sounds <laughs> like <I> he <think> hates <laughs> is people. Cool. That... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He might. Yeah, no uh, the other thing that I thought was of... super cool is that these guys basically created their own artistic style for this show that they called Dark Deco. Uh, basically, it combines 1940s arc deco with elements of film noir and some of the gothic architecture really used heavily by Tim Burton. So these guys basically like made their own visual style, and they leaned on it heavily, and we created something that I thought was super fun to watch. And that brings us to September 5th, 1992 and the show's premiere.
0: And with that, let's just dive right into the show premiere. And Max, you talked about that 32nd pilot of sorts that they did to introduce the idea of the show. And that was our introduction, which is crazy enough that they just were like, hey, we love this so much. We're going to put this in front of every single episode of Batman the Animated Series. And we got that amazing danny elfman intro once i heard danny elfman elfman score i was in i was like okay we're completely here like i'm ready for batman to just take me away as a whole what did y'all think about that like intro as you because i brought the show to rich you and max being like we gotta do this and you guys said like this is Jeff's Super Bowl. This is Jeff Sosie. Like, <laughs> he is he is ready to go. He's so excited about this. I'm texting you guys throughout the week, being like, did you watch the right episode? Did you make sure everything was right? And what did you think after just watching that pretty like big introduction to the show?
1: I I love this opening sequence. Like right off the bat, there's an explosion from a bank. You get these mm-hmm. shadowy figures that move in really unique ways. Uh, it looks gorgeous for 1992. Uh, yeah. The first thing I thought was just how nice the animation looks on this. Uh, but it's also very comic-like, which I mm-hmm. really appreciate. It feels like you're flipping through pages. There's a real like warmth and texture to it. It just looks stunning.
3: Yeah, a lot of the back, if you notice like for those like first two minutes of the introduction where we have literally zero dialogue, a lot of the scenery in the back doesn't move. And so you could basically just do screenshots of every bit of each of those scenes, of each of those action moments, of him like chasing down the the robbers and stuff like that, um, and be able to follow along as a comic book series. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. It was like a really cool choice that they used to open up the show. I mean, did either of you grow up like reading the actual physical comic books for Batman?
0: I know that I did. My older brother got them hmm. from my parents. Um, and I was the person who got the hand-me-downs, which is awesome in that sense. Like, I think they're still somewhere hidden in my parents' home. Also, what about you? Like when you saw this introduction, what were you thinking? And like, um, as just a whole of like, Hey, I get to watch Batman this week too. Yeah, I was so excited that I got to
2: watch Batman to be on a podcast. um, I love I do and even though I think that and I talk about it a lot on my podcast about how I think that he just needs to pay his taxes and then probably gotham would be a lot better. <laughs> um, instead of like beating up poor people all the time. but like it's still like he is something from like my childhood who I like love. and at the time, you know, I wasn't thinking about that when I was watching this. Um, yeah. no, that's and so the right. Animation I actually thought was complete garbage. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm used to like because i'm used to oh, like, yeah? caliber like cartoons like i'm a big fan of like star wars clone wars and those look like actual people and stuff um but then max you described it as like flipping through a comic book like back then and i was like oh my god exactly and now like i actually appreciate the animation like it does look that like look like that and now my mind has changed like i don't think it's garbage anymore <laughs> <laughs>
3: um end of podcast <laughs> good night everybody
2: it
0: also just want them all back like everyone if you stayed through that you're, you're in <laughs> um but like after this intro I could definitely see how if you did not have an understanding of the vision of the showrunners how you could be like all right I'm interested in seeing more and as we start the episode we are introduced to one of these pillars a Batman fandom of Selena Kyle aka Catwoman um, in this just the animation of her climbing up and you notice like in just a single moment she does have her cat I want to talk about the cat's name um, if you caught the cat's name I did cat's not. name is Isis um, oh, yes. in <laughs> a post in the late 2000s world you might be like hmm Why would they use that name? Um, It is the name of an Egyptian goddess. So just like a little bit of background right there. But I thought (laughs) we would just like smooth over why that might be a little bit of a questionable thing. But I also wanted to ask the question of, I love that Catwoman uses a cat to cat burgle people. Is there another animal that you would like to own as a pet to do other tasks for you with? Uh, I'd like to open this up to the crowd. (laughs)
3: I've heard it's pretty hard to catch a ferret, so I think it's—I think a ferret would probably be a good, uh, good little wriggly guy to uh, to go
1: and steal jewels and stuff like that.
3: I think I think they're up to some mischief.
1: I'm just obsessed with this cat going full Thomas Crowd Affair and like dipping <laughs> and diving over laser beams. <laughs>
2: so what about um, I... you? would think like probably like a wolf like my mind went to like princess mononoke and i was like i would like to be like riding on top of like a wolf and just like a badass like i don't know yeah. to to the grocery store even like everyday tasks like that's my ride
0: i love that is it too simple that i just want to have a pigeon that carries notes for me to other places around town like i don't know usps <laughs> is garbage right now um, if
1: you're like Lawrence fishburne and john wick just on the roof with like <laughs> hundreds of
0: pigeons <laughs> <laughs> that's where you'll find me in uh, later in my life once i retire um, oh my god but as we see catwoman steal this beautiful necklace from the you know the one percent the rich uh almost in this robin hood-esque act um we meet our figurehead of the series, Batman, uh, who's been stalking her the entire time. Like, sort of a little bit creepy. That was my first thought when we're introduced to Batman. Is like, he couldn't have helped before she broke into the apartment. He had to watch the entire crime happen like a narc. But like, that's it's, like, it's, it's that's a little how cops bit.
2: Work. You know, they can't, like, you have to commit <laughs> the crime first before they can help you. You know, like yeah yeah jeff it's called a stakeout (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to take this in so many places but like you know like well like i mean like if you're getting, no no go ahead go ahead until he like murders you they can't really do anything about it
3: unfortunately so
0: i mean that is that is how the the dark realities of
3: gotham and just i guess reality
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm really excited for the Law and Order Batman animated series crossover, <laughs> where, where Bat.
2: I want to be like a showrunner. Oh my god!
0: But after Batman, like, sort of introduces himself to Catwoman, we have one of like, I, we when it comes to animation, there's some scenes that are just really fun to watch. We talked about this with uh, Charlie Brown and Snoopy making toast and like that animated montage. Them running from building to building was just really cool. And the small detail that I really loved was watching ISIS follow them uh, in this small. They didn't even have to draw that out. But you see them leaping and Batman somehow beating her to places that she was going to be. But then in the background, there's always ISIS in um, something that could have very always much is. Just, yeah, I mean, that, isn't that the truth? <laughs> um but we end up Batman and Catwoman get separated, even though Batman saves Catwoman's cat, which was like sort of a little bit cold that there's this cat that helped her out, and then she's just like, ah, oh, it's gonna get hit by a car. Yeah, that's so that's, that's
1: an Easter egg for the acclaimed screenwriting tip book, Save the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but any any other thoughts from this like opening scenes that we were able to get from the start of this pilot
2: i liked that batman did save the cat and he was so clearly like a cat daddy like i can't imagine him (laughs) having a dog because like he can't he never gets that excited but he would be Mm. like i feel like his ultimate level of contentment is like a cat like purring on his lap like i could totally see that so i get why they like have a thing
3: Every every billionaire just needs a cat to to sit on his lap in, in a lair.
1: <laughs> Max, what uh, about for you? me, very big fan of when uh, Catwoman is going up the building. There's like a little like glockenspiel in the background as her <laughs> claws move up the brick by brick. Uh, also, incredible. Second fully time. <laughs> The second time that Batman pops into frame and startles Catwoman and Isis, there's this look of terror on Isis's face that the camera, well not camera, the animators. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no,
0: Max. Max. With any animated series, there's also a cameraman in the animation. Max, is,
3: is Batman in the room with you right now? (laughs)
1: <laughs> but they, 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 they stay on Isis' like shocked face For a very long time which just feels very uh, Like campy and comic-y <laughs> And ice. I really enjoyed that detail In an otherwise very dark noir Like chase sequence
3: Definitely I just love the overall flirty uh, Nature while uh, Jumping from rooftop to rooftop Because it seems like I mean almost immediately the show doesn't feel like it's for kids and it doesn't feel like it's for adults. It's for like a combination. Jeff's eyes just
0: lit up. Yeah. Because I literally have a note in my thing of how is this show for kids? Because (laughs) I'm like, I'm like the sexual chemistry between Catwoman and Batman is electric. I'm, I am fully prepared for them just to be like, Hey, you know what? Screw this necklace. Let's go back to my mansion or let's go back to wherever Selena Kyle lives before we find out that she's very wealthy. And like, let's just have a good time instead of uh, being people of the night in this instance. After the scene, after Selena Kyle gets away, we're taken to a very different side of Gotham. Um, And Max, I think you sort of talked about it really well in the showrunner's Bible of the idea of there is this elite level of wealth that is in Gotham and we're brought to a bachelor uh, auction of Gotham's most uh, eligible in this instance. Um, And we're introduced to Bruce Wayne Um, and Max, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit because when we Uh asked for questions for the episode, you said, who is Batman? (laughs) (laughs) Because they never, that's the one thing that like this pilot sort of like references to, but if you came in having no idea who Batman was, or that Batman was Bruce Wayne. This does the one thing that, like, I think a lot of nerds complain about Batman with, is you never see a Batman movie without them being like, okay, Batman is Bruce Wayne, and we have to show his parents getting shot after, like, Mm. going to the movies or an opera. This just goes and is like oh this is bruce wayne so so i should
1: point out that if you read this showrunner bible one of their first rules they lay out like after that intro is that we're not going to discuss the wayne family we're not going to discuss the murder the like the movie they saw crime alley it's like that's like a hard golden rule is that we do not get into this like come up of batman it's just he is batman he is bruce wayne this is our world and Growing up with so many film iterations in my lifetime and having to hear that story time and time and time mm-hmm. again, it's really nice just to, I don't know, be treated to like be smart enough to like figure it out on the
0: fly. Yeah, it, it definitely was nice. Rich, were you about to say something?
1: Well, i
3: you know, th- we're like only a couple Batman franchises in when this came out like you know now it's just like every freaking year we have a new batman and it's it's like pretty oversaturated and i'm glad that they made the the creative choice to like not go into that and rehash it again and again and again because it's probably already been done by the like you know the 80s batman movies and stuff like that that is like honestly it, it's a nice choice i think and also um if with the rules that they made for the violence in the show you notice that like no one actually gets shot no one like there's no there's no blood there's no death it is uh you know it is some something heavy off a top shelf like clunks someone in the head and then they have like you know birds dancing around their head it's like that type of violence and i, I think showing the bruce wayne or the the wayne
0: family murder would
3: like kind of go against those roles in general
0: so i want to talk about this auction because at first we, if you, I, not that I have attended a like a bachelor auction by any means. They're so but, common. Yeah, very common. First, I want to talk about Bruce Wayne's shape. Bruce Wayne <laughs> is the most square-shaped man I have ever seen <laughs> in not. my life. Um, he either needs a better tailor or I'm worried about the state of being. We talked a little bit about Twitter going under, but he does have a very Elon Musk-esque shape, if you've ever seen those photos <laughs> of Elon on his yacht where he's just a square. Like, in every, yeah. in every angle you look.
1: My dude Bruce is built
0: like a rhombus.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but during the scene... So, one of the really interesting things that I found out about why Kevin Conroy was chosen was the um, animation voice director of this show really wanted to have an actor that could pull off the, as they said, quote unquote, sex appeal of Bruce Wayne. He's supposed to be this bachelor. And after testing all of these different actors that were a little bit larger as far as name, it came across Kevin Conroy, who was More known as like a bit actor, he had a few roles in a few series um, through time, but it was his voice as Bruce Wayne that was just so different than the voice that he did for Batman. And you start to get a little bit of that in this scene, like of him just one-off talking to these people who were in the auction. Ilsa, I want to ask you, Bruce went for $10,000 in the <laughs> auction, Opening bid five hundred. Opening bid five hundred. That's a wild change. How much would you be willing to bid on a date with Bruce Wayne?
1: Are we accounting for inflation here, Jeff? No, we're not accounting (laughs) for inflation.
2: Yeah, that's the thing is like ten grand didn't seem like much like at this point, like in twenty twenty two, but maybe in nineteen ninety two that was like twenty grand or something. (laughs) Um I mean, sky's the limit. If I can just, like, go out and steal from sleeping um, old women all the time with my full set and just, like, you know, make a, make a nice little hole in their window, um, I'm sky's the limit. I Bruce Wayne, he is very sexy. And, like, throughout the show, like, he's so smooth. Like, I guess mm-hmm. we'll talk about it later when we get to those scenes. But he set, he has, like, really good lines where I was just like, oh, okay, daddy, Thank you. <laughs>
0: I did like though after Selena Kyle um we're introduced to Selena Kyle we at this point do not know about her other identity but I did really like that in a change of pace for Batman being super smooth Bruce Wayne being super smooth that we got this moment where where Bruce Wayne was almost like flummoxed that Selena Kyle didn't want to go on the actual date with him like the animator very clearly, made the uh character blush in this instance and then seeing batman have to be like no 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 like you really want to go out with me like i am going to go on a date with you like no matter what it was it was like sort of charming in a way even though i did not like that he grabbed her to be like you're going out on a date with me sort of very frat boy-esque but like at the same t- time like there was There was some charm in there a little bit. He
2: knew he was doing something wrong because like in the animation, because I was like, ew, like because he grabbed her. But then he like kind of like in the animation, they show him like backing away from it, like putting his arm down. Like he was like, oh my God, that was aggressive. (laughs) Like he like noticed it about himself, which I was like, okay. Um, But yeah, I I, I remember that part.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've got a geography question really quick. Uh (laughs) Um,
3: Gotham is New York
1: it's Pittsburgh New York okay. and Chicago. No, but no, I here's at my
3: question.
2: County and it said New Jersey.
1: Mm, what? I googled it. They reference yeah. They reference Gotham uh later in the episode being a population of 10 million people, but also there's apparently a large mountain lion population just oh, outside yeah. of Gotham. Uh where are all these mountain lions? It can't be New York City. Like I was like is this Los Angeles, like what? What is Gotham? If there's this many mountain lions, just about
3: Gotham is in your heart.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Gotham was with us the entire time. <laughs> it's
3: it's the fifth it's the fifth character.
0: It's the friends we made <laughs> along the way. Um, <laughs> um, but after this auction, as Bruce Wayne is flirting with Selena Kyle. Um, They're walking outside and we see the first instance of really crime ridden Gotham in this car chase scene um, where Batman or Bruce just sort of ghosts. And it's like, all right, I'm in it to win it. Um, This was really like, I have to say, one of the only big I'm surprised how little action was actually in this pilot if that makes sense um and i think that's sort of me speaking from 2023 as a perspective right because like you don't get through an episode of rick and morty without like 10 scenes that are gigantically overstimulating and action-packed and you have to pay attention to every single bit of it but this was really that only scene where it's like we get to see batman be batman does that make sense or am i just overly critical of it? cartoon show for kids
1: well i think it, i think it's a very uh plot driven show but i i do get what you mean there there's very few large intense actiony sequences so when all of a sudden these guys have like an army surplus truck and they're firing off a machine gun into the middle of the night it's like oh okay we're not in like a charity auction anymore like, this is a hard contrast
3: yeah if you're living in gotham move why, why are there still 10 million people living
0: there
2: because they can't afford to move. Oh, because we of
0: Batman! <laughs> I know it's all—it's all the wings fault. Um, it is. So oh, after this um, this chase down, we get introduced to Commissioner Gordon in like a very brief glimpse of a moment, as Batman is just in an alley asking, "Like this was um, so? I think it was this year that the Batman with Robert Pattinson came out." Um, yes, And it did sort of like I didn't realize how much the relationship of emo Robert Pattinson Batman with Bruce, with Commissioner Gordon was very similar to the animated series mm-hmm. of like, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to help you with questions and you better answer them for me sort of thing. Um, Max what's on your mind Yeah
1: I I definitely agree with that It feels like the Jeffrey Wright version Of Commissioner Gordon that we got this year With Matt Reeves the Batman is very similar To the take that Bob Hastings does With his Commissioner Gordon here And there's a line that's the most like Goofy film noir ass line Where Gordon goes Watch yourself man These guys are
0: crazy (laughs) (laughs) As
1: (laughs) as, as
3: if that doesn't describe Every Batman villain for the last Like (laughs) 65 years
0: yeah, and, and we get introduced to the idea of these guys just aren't acting on their own. They're acting on the behest of Red Claw, um, who we don't know who that is yet. But I assume Batman, as the world's greatest detective, is going to figure it out. Um, but we have a very straight change in scene of It's time for Selina Kyle and um, Batman and Bruce Wayne's date. Uh, there was a line that I really loved when Selena was like, "I don't really want to go on this date. I wish it was Batman standing behind this door." Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Bruce, charming <laughs> yeah. as hell, flowers in hand, in like the most tan suit I've ever seen in my lifetime.
3: Okay, w- when you know someone's net worth is in the was it uh, ten figures? What's what's a billion? Am I crazy? I yeah, think there's figures. commas. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. commas. Um, when when. When you're in that range and someone shows up with, like, very basic roses and you know that they're worth that much, doesn't it kind of take you out of it a little bit? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I have high standards.
2: Yeah. Maybe, like, what? inside of every rose is, like, a little diamond and she had to,
0: like, oh. search for Oh, it. see? That's nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know what I would... I don't know what I would expect otherwise. Rich, do you want her to, him to just show up with like a Ferrari, being like, "I got you"? This Here's the red keys. Ferrari. Like, I mean, here, you can.
3: You literally can. If you're a billionaire, yeah. A <laughs> 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 I got you a dozen Ferraris. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I'm. I'm saying like, you know, if, if someone's be, going to do be better. showing up with just that insane amount of money, like so, you, the interest for having a billion dollars in the bank period would essentially make up most of that Ferrari payment on the way to the date. So I'm just
0: going to write a note in my notebook that when Rich becomes a part of the Trace Commas Club, if he takes anyone on a date, we should be expecting a dozen Rorys as the gift at the door. (laughs) Um,
1: I know we've talked a lot about like parallels to other Batman that we've seen in cinema but this is also i think the first time i've seen a selena kyle portrayed this way mm. i'm thinking on like the the anne hathaway take from n- not that that's like the definitive one i'll be very clear i'm not like discrediting michelle pfeiffer here but like i was where to say hathaway, i'm, where I'm it was gonna this, have some
0: problems <laughs>
1: uh the anne hathaway version where it's this very like hard scrabble down in her luck selena kyle the same kind of version that was portrayed by zoe kravitz's take in the Batman this year and this is like ritzy penthouse mm-hmm. like you Activists. know a c- cocktail dress selena kyle it's just like it's another very different take compared to what we've seen in the past decade in film versions of this franchise yeah a lot
2: of like the animated films though she's always rich like i watched like a cat like a Catwoman anime and she was like super rich mm. in that she's super rich in harley quinn i was about to say movies. ilsa yeah. she's
0: yeah she's like very rich and like the way they portray her in the Harley Quinn animated series is bonkers. She's a mean girl. Like it's such a well done, like that's a show that maybe we'll do someday in the future. But like that was sort of the, like, you know, I max, I had the same realization of like, Oh, this is like very unique, especially because this came after the Batman, Michelle Pfeiffer portrayal of Catwoman. So the audience had a very clear understanding, at least, for mass population who weren't following the comic books in like very, very closely. Um But there are like, although we don't know it that at this point Selena Kyle is Catwoman, there are a lot of hints, right? She has a ton of cats. Like, I don't want to <laughs> just say that like anyone with a ton of cats hey, is catwoman. Hey, she
3: could just be depressed, it's fine.
0: Her and her, I don't remember the assistant's name. Yeah, no, that's <laughs>
1: And she wants that land for the mountain lions. Yeah,
0: let's so there's before they're going on their date, she gets a call from her lawyer um and seems very upset, and it seems like this business deal to acquire this land for conservation has been screwed up. Um, she can't get on the phone with the owner of the business, the CEO. The multi Yeah, multigon, <laughs> but then in a moment, um Bruce is like, oh, I, I got this handled, and we're instantly transported to the most villainous looking CEO office I have ever seen in my lifetime.
1: Do you remember a time where you just knew Do you remember a time where
0: you just knew people's phone numbers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting seeing like you instantly know this guy's the villain. He has a piano that's not a full piano built into the bar in a yeah. wild moment. He's got uh, one of those little
3: Kanye West pianos. You know what I'm talking about?
0: <laughs> if you started playing the Kanye, dun, dun, I would have lost my mind. That yeah, if
3: you play the enter but... if you play the entertainer, the all of his uh, secret plans come out. Yeah, you know,
0: you know, you're dealing with a villain where they have a trap door that shows the plans for architecture that have to be released by doing something else. Um, <laughs> And during this entire scene, you can tell that there's no way that this dude is selling off the land to Selena Kyle, even if she had the deal in place. Um, but as Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle go away, we're introduced to our main villain, the villain behind the villain of uh, Red Claw, played by Kate Mulgrew, um, whom a lot of people might know as Red from *Orange Is the New Black*, um, wow. which is just She's doing that Russian accent once again. This was the original version of the Russian accent. That's Um, so funny. Yeah, which is just hysterical to see. I I do want to say about Red Claw, um, I was watching this with my partner and she literally was like, Red Claw style, that's Gen Z all the way. Like Mm -hmm. I could just see someone dressing like that immediately um, going out and about just like a glitter arm tattoo glitter arm tattoo (laughs) that's a red claw you know that red jumpsuit sort of look um but after this what appeared to be a failed date you know bruce and selena or yeah selena have this wild chemistry and they agree to like go on a proper date sometime soon um but then it's time to see what their other their alter egos or their um their other personas are doing um, it's delightful how they're both like, yeah, I've got to work late tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, is this the scene where um, Batman breaks into the mob meeting? Yeah. Like, that, that
3: was, like, oh, was, yeah. Like, that yeah. was, that. he's got some fucking moves. I'm sorry. Selena is insane for, for not wanting to, to get so up all on that. because well, uh,
0: I mean, look at the core strength. Well, Selena wants to get with Batman probably oh, just right. because of that, right? Like, the idea that yeah. if some, if I was, let's just say, if I was a mob boss at this point in time, I definitely have a weapon on my head, person. And then in the middle of a meeting, I hear someone coming down a rope doing gymnastics. Though <laughs> <laughs> well, the gymnastics the, part is less threatening, to be the, honest. The idea that no one just was like, you know what, I'm gonna take my gun out and shoot at said person was insane to me. Now I've never been in a meeting
1: amongst mob bosses, but I really enjoy how these guys are sitting at the table and how they're all drawn and they're just like, guys, like we gotta do more business with the illegal gambling, we gotta do more crimes, like the itinerary for the meeting. <laughs> no, that's is what just they're like, all like. Do more
0: crimes. <laughs> I've
3: attended a few over Zoom, that's kind of what they're like. <laughs>
0: um but during this Batman is sort of like you have to tell me what's happening with Red Claw, threatens. Very much like it's the only time we've seen Batman not be like all crime is bad, but be like, I'll let you get away with this crime if you tell me about the other crime, sort of. Thing. I mean, again, billionaire, you know. Yeah. Can, no. we, can
3: we uh can we talk a little bit about I have like this in, in notes in uh in bold that uh, The person that they have as the main antagonist, like, holding all the power of this crime syndicate is a woman, which I don't think is a super common thread among comic book uh, stories. And I think it was pretty cool seeing, like, well, both Catwoman is also kind of a villain in this, like, you know, until she's not. But, like, both of the people that have uh like garnered all this power and and batman is trying to stop our women and it does actually is pretty cool that that is like the dynamic that they have that that they're taken seriously and that like men are trembling but before them before uh like while they're being told to do crimes and stuff like that they're really holding the reins
0: (laughs) yeah like also feel free to jump in but like when i think of dc versus marvel in many senses like DC has low key been a little bit more progressive about women and like power mm. as a whole. Like, think about Wonder Woman, right? Like, this mainstay figure in the Justice League with the Avengers. Like, yeah, you sort of have Black Widow, like, and but like, she doesn't ha- even have power. She just happens to be very good at martial arts and like sleuthing. And then, like, maybe Pepper Potts in Marvel and where she's running this multi billion dollar business, but. DC sort of has always had that, like, had some hand in, I'd say, being progressive.
2: Well, you're thinking, like, a lot about, like, the movies, and I think, like, the comic books always Mm. had really good female characters, and they were always, like, the most powerful, like, how Jean Grey is, like, the most powerful mutant, how Wanda's, like, one of the most powerful mutants, like, the Omega-level mutants, like, a lot of times were, like, women. And, um, I think, like, Marvel never, like, talked about it. I feel like DC talks about it a lot. Like, I feel like at this time, like, 90s, like, women had already started to be people. Like, we weren't just, <laughs> we weren't just women anymore. We were people. And so, like, this was, there was, like, a big feminist movie. Oh, hell yeah. This is like, when, mm-hmm. like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out and things like that. So, um, <laughs> and things like that. Sorry, I'm obsessed with Julia Fox. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I say that too much now. I'm so sad about it. but yeah, um, the the thing about this episode though, they are trying to be feminist, but like you couldn't say the things like today like Bat, Bat woman. Batman has this line in the beginning that's like, oh, a new the new cat burglar is a woman. And it's like supposed to Cuff is like oh, women. can do crime. <laughs> he, too but like <laughs> but it's 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 trying to be feminist and it was feminist at that time i would say but like watching it back i was kind of like
1: <laughs> yeah that's like a cat burglar. supposed and to be <laughs> guys who wear striped shirts who walk on their tippy toes <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly he might as well have said that <laughs> um and then what else uh the the red claw like he doesn't batman doesn't know who they are yet so he uses male pronouns and it's like today if you don't know who mm-hmm. someone is you use they <laughs> so but he was straight up being like he who's red Claw? tell me who he is and i was like so, i think that's so. i think that's oh, like
3: a little bit more of like uh I, I think that was what was surprising about having women be the antagonists in that like i, I don't have a ton of like comic book knowledge like i i know that Batman was like released in like the 50s or something like that. Um so obviously it probably wasn't a super common thread like in the original comic books, but I'm like it's nice to see that that evolved. Um but yeah, I, I think the, the assumption of he like made the reveal of Red Claw like a little bit more of like a power moment in my, when I was watching it.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Red Claw, I love that the character is just like very much militarization we are going to go and we're going to go and like get this train that has all these weapons on it i don't know if y'all giggled about this but when the ceo of the organization interrupted the meeting like accidentally and he did the little oh sorry like Yeah, they put, like, a really weird goofy sight gag in the background of this. It it was, like, the mo. it felt like the office of, like, I fully expect that to be, like, a Steve Carell moment of just, like, oh, sorry I interrupted. Like, (laughs) keep on talking about your, like, crime stuff. I'm, I'm just in the background right now. Like, that was, that was great. Um, But... Does during anyone the, need
3: any more coffee? Do you want yeah. me to pop <laughs> off the coffee?
0: <laughs> like I literally had like everyone who's worked a corporate job has been that person and can relate to that moment much more than they can relate and like knows red claws disgust at that <laughs> human being. <laughs> um, but after during this meeting, Selena Kyle has broken in. Catwoman has broken in. She has found out what is happening in the background, um, and we see her being chased through the vents she is somehow escaping um but batman somehow has figured out hey selena catwoman's in trouble and we get that kiss that we've been looking for for a decent bit of time um during to be fair it's been like 18 minutes but hey we've been waiting waiting for it for 40 years we've been waiting for 18 minutes and the payoff is great (laughs) um but i i did find it interesting that batman was just like okay we kissed now i get to unmask you like it Mm -hmm. was like it was a very weird like vibe of like not being patient i guess like i don't know how to describe it what did you all think about this like it was a release of tension, but still we want mystery moment. This is a pretty
3: unrelatable scene uh, for me because uh, I don't have an alter ego. So I don't know how,
1: <laughs> how precious that would be. Um,
3: uh, but if anyone here does, uh, please, please jump in.
1: There is a line in this ending sequence that I wrote down in all capitals, though, because I hollered at it, which is Selena says to Batman, there's something between us. And Batman goes, the there law. Is. it's the law. <laughs> and I, I I, wrote it down in all caps. I was dying at that so badly.
0: Yeah. And after this rescue, as Batman sort of says, like, yeah, he says the law scene, Catwoman then beats the shit out of Batman and gets away uh in that moment
2: yeah it was it
0: was ruthless um but as she gets back to her apartment we're sort of left with this big cliffhanger of someone is getting photos of the entire thing and we get the to be continued of the first episode and that is our pilot um were there any things that we didn't discuss? that y'all loved about this pilot. I just need to talk voice cast
1: for a minute here because there is so much talent involved. Obviously, you know, Kevin Conroy became a legend for this. Um, I want to mention quickly that he was part of a Juilliard graduating class where two of his classmates were Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams. So insane, um, insane. Uh, sad that none of these three are with us anymore. But other people in this too, like Kate Mulgrew, we touched on, along with being uh, Red and Orange is the New Black now. Many people might know her from Star Trek Voyager mm-hmm. as uh, Captain Janoway. Uh Adrian Barbo, who plays Selena Kyle throughout this, is actually a Tony Award nominee. She was the original Rizzo in Greece on Broadway. Oh, wow. Uh, she had a huge run of the show. Maude, as one of the leads, as B. Arthur's daughter. She's in 80s films like Cannonball Run, Escape from New York, and Back to School. Uh, They really drew from a lot of people who had experience in theater and in soaps. Um, Cliff Rebel, who plays Alfred, is not huge in this, but he's like like a London Old Globe theater legend as well. Like tons of Shakespearean experience. So it's just cool how they like didn't just draw from the usual plot of like goofy VO actors who did all the cartoons at this time, but they really sought out like actors and stage professionals to bring like a level of gravitas to this, which I think makes it so like so much better.
3: It's crazy that he was in the same, uh, Juilliard class, uh, that there was three superheroes. It was Superman, Batman, and, uh, the scientist from Flubber.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, rich Elsa, anything else that you like really loved about this pilot of television?
2: Rich, you I can think, go first. Oh, okay.
3: Uh, I think it's subverted a lot of I, I as uh, as this podcast resident hater, I do um I am extremely against the over superheroification, comic bookification uh Marvel universe insanity that our like the film industry has become. So I've become like very anti um superhero movie um just because every single one seems to have like the same relative story and amount of excitement and all of them make a billion dollars for seemingly no reason. Um, That is to say, I actually did really enjoy this. I was not expecting to enjoy the show in general. And uh, I, I think it like, I think it just touched something that was, it was kind of like the visual humor of it. Like the, the, overall design of the show like the the aesthetics of the show were extremely cool and yeah i don't know i i just like really enjoyed myself and i wasn't expecting to
0: what about you also
2: i feel the same like i did enjoy myself and i wasn't expecting myself to like something like the early 90s i actually did like start to rewatch this series like a like a couple months ago just because i was like i don't know in the mood to like watch more like comic book things um because like opposite i love it (laughs) 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 um and it's it's really good and i am surprised that it was made for children but a lot of the comic book cartoons that i've watched like as a kid i feel like are a little bit like um,
0: elevated
2: yeah they're elevated like i remember watching like the x-men and yeah
0: we're that definitely going to do that. We might need to bring you back for that episode. <laughs> because I love the X-Men animated series.
2: Yeah, so good. So I was like, this is really good. Like, the 90s, they were doing it. They were doing it right.
0: Yeah, and I would... We talked a little bit about Danny Elfman. I would be remiss to not talk about Shirley Walker, who absolutely dominated the score for this series as a whole. Um, like, the the original music they used for this, like, that or the orchestral music is amazing. And it sets the tone of like Batman being larger than life and this being more than just like a wacky kids cartoon, right? Like it, it just, it's so grand as a whole. Well in
1: preparing for this episode, I saw that Shirley Walker composed a unique score for every single episode in this show's run, which is just such an incredible attention to detail for what could have just been a children's animated daytime superhero show, it takes it to another level.
0: For sure. So we talked about things we loved. Were there any wait-a-minute moments that we didn't discuss that you wanted to talk about in more depth?
3: Well, I see you have written down here uh, butts in a... Uh...
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, that was me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're such incredibly hurt butts across all genders in this show. Like there, there's a there's a henchman uh, when he's going after Selina, and he's got like a really pert, perky, high sitting butt. Uh, everything <laughs> with Catwoman uh, in that suit—it's it, toned, it's tight. There's just so many butts throughout these 22 minutes.
3: Yeah, uh, guys, I think I'm getting a call from the uh, the ass consultant for the Batman animated
2: series. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: break also, him in here. <laughs> also Rich, anything as far as things that you sort of were like caused you pause on this uh pilot? Just
2: like overall the uh the how it was like so blatantly trying to be feminist but like wasn't technically (laughs) Mm. like the little things that i mentioned earlier about like when he was like oh cat burglar was a woman and then i did (laughs) notice when red claw is revealed at the end they do kind of like this score of like there she is that's red claw and they did like this score like where you were supposed to be surprised that she was a woman and i was like no that didn't really work But other
0: than that it was i liked it rich what about you
3: uh I, i'm gonna double down on the butts part uh awful lot of uh awful lot of sexual undertones for uh for this show um but i mean as we've discussed like especially on the the peanuts episode like most children's things also have like a little bit of humor for the adults that are watching with the kids i mean it's ever present like rug Rugrats. hey arnold stuff like Ren and Stimpy, like it is very, it, you know, it's, it's always just like, I think it's just part of the aesthetic.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for that, you guys. Guess what? We have an in-flight voicemail question. Uh, if you would like Ooh. to share your in-flight question, you can leave us a phone call at 213-290-1713. And make sure to check out our Instagram where we give previews. Of the uh, shows that we're watching, so you can leave those questions. But let's hear our question. Hey guys, appreciate the pick on this uh, on this week's episode with the passing
1: of our dear dear friend Kevin Conroy. Uh, but going off of the uh, the man bat theme and kind of picking up with uh, another Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde villain of Spider Man of the Lizard. Just what animal would you transform yourself into that? Weird human
0: hybrid um, oh. thing that you could, uh, you know, if you just had your best chance, what would you do? All oh, right, I like that. Bye. So, for those who might have watched the wrong episode, the <laughs> other episode of Batman that premiered... So, really cool thing. As Max discussed, uh, Batman premiered at different times. And the Batman animated series also premiered on primetime. Um, for fox which is bonkers for an animated show especially in the 90s um we've talked about a show that had a prime time in the 2000s uh if you <laughs> want to listen to the father of the pride episode but the original primetime premiere was the Manbat episode uh if you don't know who Manbat is i would recommend looking him up i'll make sure to throw a photo on the screen but he is this uh hybrid terrifying humanoid bat that uh flew the skylines of gotham um but let's answer that question from our uh, (laughs) guest what animal would you want to be a hybrid of i have an answer but i'd love to hear yours first
3: i'm i'm going raccoon (laughs) (laughs) They, (laughs) they can do anything they, they can do anything. They got they got the little thumbs. They can hold on to stuff. They're they're super fast. Uh, they can survive on garbage. It's great. What a what a the world is meant for the raccoon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Max, what about you? Oh God. Um, I mean, I've never thought about this until <laughs> Joseph's <just exploring. laughs> Wait. What you didn't have raccoon just right to go? <laughs> I mean, Rich, you eat garbage. We know
3: that. It's true. It's true. I am from Chicago.
1: God, I feel like I would go like, man, dear. I, I would want to have like agility and the ability to have like really fine-tuned hearing and gracefulness, uh, things I don't have in my own life right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. And Ilsa, what about you?
2: Uh, I think that I would go with an Ewok because I already feel like I am very similar to that. Like, I kind of look like one. Like, I might as well go full Ewok.
0: That's great. And, um, I I had a little bit of time to think about this because I got this question a little bit earlier than everyone else. Not Uh, fair. (laughs) I would actually go with a bear. Um, so, because bears... They are super strong, they do good during the winter, and they're a lot (laughs) faster than you would expect. Um, And they get
3: to sleep for a really long time. Oh yeah,
0: hibernation sounds like a party. Uh, So it sounds perfect for me. Well, thank you for that in-flight question. Uh, (laughs) We'll make sure to share that number again at the end of the podcast.
3: And to confirm that Elsa does indeed look like an Ewok, follow us on YouTube to watch this episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So Let's talk a little bit about the show's legacy um, before we get to Rich's Game of the Week. So there were three seasons of this show. Uh, the first two seasons were on Fox Kids. third season was premiered four years later on Kids WB, Kids Warner Brother. So it navigated networks. Uh, there was a Sega C- CD video game that actually had footage of the Batman animated uh, series that was considered the lost show, uh, if that makes sense, which is Mm. pretty wild. Uh, There were also two animated films. Fun fact, everyone on this podcast went to Indiana University. And if you don't know who Michael Uslan is, He's really the reason that Batman is in pop culture like he currently is. He is oh. an executive producer of almost every single Batman movie that ever came into existence. Wow. Uh, Indiana alum, there was two movies that had to do with this version of Batman. Mask of the Phantasm, which is a fantastic movie, would recommend watching it, was not successful in theaters, but had an entirely different life on VHS. There was also another movie that has a really funny story, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. It was supposed to premiere at the same time as George Clooney's Batman and Robin. That movie did so poorly, they (laughs) decided to delay the release of this animated uh, like direct-to-VHS movie. Um, And it got really good ratings, but they were like, we don't want anything to do with that. Um
1: so, until like, the figs cooled down. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> so one Max, last note. Chill. Or two last notes that I have. This show was an Emmy winner. It won Best Animated Series at the Emmys. It also won Best Daytime Animated Series at the Emmys.
3: And also won Best Batman related animated series, which is super impressive. Yeah,
0: that's an that's an entirely different one. Um, the show was technically shown out of order because mm. they did weekends and they did daytime as well. Mm. Um, they also showed some of the episodes, as I said, during primetime, nominated for a total of 18 awards and won six of them. Um, and it when it won Best Animated Series, it beat out Inspector Gadget, Liquid Television, Ren and Stimpy, and The mm. World of Peter Rabbit. So, wow. fun facts Man. right there. I... I love Inspector Gadget. One final thing. Um, We talked a lot about Kevin Conroy. This episode is in honor of Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman for 31 years. Jesus. He has a total of 111 credits as an actor. 60 of them are Batman related. So (laughs) when you say a career was made with one character, it really was RIP to Kevin Conroy really he is the batman of for many uh generation
3: do did he get into did he get that job because he sounds like adam west because i actually had to look up that it wasn't adam west when when i started watching the show
0: He, he
3: really sounds like him
0: yeah no i think that was more of there was influence of adam west when he decided to do the role okay um but when it came to being batman he did sort of make it his own and there's been a lot of folks who've done animated batman since um mm. that have a little bit of a different take uh especially since the christopher nolan batman's those did a number on people yeah. doing the force of batman Understandable. All right. enough about legacy rich it's time for your game of the week
3: game of the week all right so uh, I have, in, instead of doing the, the uh, what we've done in the past couple of weeks of um, essentially you guys each guessing which one is the fake, I want you guys to come to consensus on this. But I have looked up through the, uh, the Batman Wikipedias of uh, four of the funniest uh, Batman villains that I could possibly find. Um, and one fake one that I wrote. And I want you guys to come up with a consensus on uh, which one is the fake one. So let me give you some descriptions. Uh, first, we have Squirrel Girl, Renee Ekruil, a vigilante killer who tortures Gotham with acorn-shaped bombs. Calendar Man, Julian Day, a villain that commits uh, uh, crimes based on holidays and significant dates. Count Vertigo, a villain born with vertigo, has a device in his skull that can give other people vertigo. <laughs> um, Kite Man. Charles Brown, yes, Charlie Brown, commits crimes with kite-based weapons. Onomatopoeia, a serial killer who earned his name because he imitates noises around him, such as dripping faucets and gunshots.
0: So, I am going to take myself out of the running, because I already know who is the one that made. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, God, that's, I can't tell if
3: that's impressive or sad.
0: Wait, how do you know? <laughs> I... I Let's just he knows I, all these villains already. I know all of the villains already. Um, we know
2: calendar man and kite man are real, right? Yeah. Are, I, and I know I, I know,
1: know that, that sure. Squirrel Girl is a character. I feel like I've heard like She's in get Marvel though. Her.
2: That's what confused me.
1: Alright, well that's it's still it's still a person, so that takes us down to Onomatopoeia and Vertigo Man.
2: Vertigo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that one I could not read without laughing. <laughs>
0: So who do you who do you two think it is?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say Vertigo, man, because I know Rich likes to laugh at his own jokes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Very.
2: I'll just do the opposite of whatever Max says, so it's the Automafia <laughs> person.
3: Uh. So squirrel girl is the fake one it's that squirrel i did girl? not know that i did not know was in marvel at all yeah so <laughs> i actually, made that up
0: <laughs> fun fact about squirrel girl there was a huge position uh, petition for anna kendrick to play squirrel girl in so the bad. hulu animated series about squirrel girl very similar for donald for spider-man uh for donald glover to be spider-man so rich that was an so amazing... i accidentally
3: yeah, I accidentally made up a superhero that exists. She's yes, a
2: Great Lakes did. Avenger. Yeah,
3: wow. And you
2: said you're from Chicago. She's literally wait, the wait,
1: the, city. the Great Lakes Avengers.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah so that's. A I margin. think
3: that's the minor league baseball team I'm going to go see in a couple months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Rich, thank you so much for your question of the week. We always appreciate it. Uh, it's fun for me to know that I already knew the answer. Um, well, with all of that, I have two questions for y'all do we think that this show could be made today and something a little bit different than what we've done before we got it to be continued at the end of the episode would you watch part two of this pilot uh and would you continue watching the series afterwards Ilsa, i'll point it over to you what do you think
2: uh, I liked it, so I def- I did watch part two, and I will <laughs> probably keep watching it. Just, I don't know how long, but maybe, like, something. I actually have a show on Sunday for DC, so I, I-, I should watch it.
1: Max, what yeah. about you? Uh, yeah, I absolutely think this could be made today. I think that uh, just a, a show that's aimed at kids but without being like four kids could definitely resonate today i would love to see like a hearkening back to hand-drawn animation as well and yeah i mean i i watched part two immediately after because i had to know this ended uh there's an, a phenomenal line where batman finds a cat hair on him and uh they don't know like who's seen the hair like that before and batman just goes batman has which it made me laugh <laughs> out loud it's it's delightful um, I would totally watch more of this. It's so much fun. This is a great call, Jeff. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Rich, what
3: yeah, about you? Yeah, I, I have to agree um, that I I absolutely do want to watch more of it. Um, I do not think it could be made today because I think there was like an era of campiness about the Batman franchise that led up to this. A lot of the '80s movies franchises for Batman had like you know the the Arnold puns or you know Danny DeVito as the Penguin or Um, You know, going back even further before that of having, like, the groovy Batman series uh, with Adam West and everything and just, like, them experimenting about making it, like, a goofy kid's character. um, I think that is completely gone. Uh, I think they have completely kind of thrown that away at this point. And if you're, like, trying to reinvigorate some, like, new, like childhood attention in a batman where it's not all dark and gloomy and stuff like that then yeah that maybe they can give it a try but you're not going to get any of the adult audience that's already been
0: like the dark side of batman all right so my turn um let's nah. look, let's talk a little bit about so as far as do i think that this show could be made today um I think a version of the show actually already exists. Um, If you are like me and a bit of a nerd when it comes to comic books, uh, you probably have seen the Young Justice series or Teen Titans. Um, DC of the Marvel versus DC does the best job with non-movie series that are animated. I will throw, you know, put my foot in the ground and say that there's a variety of different things that you can choose from to get your fill of DC flash is ending this year I think after 10 years as a TV show on primetime on CW like there's there's a lot of stuff out there I will continue watching this show 100% I max I did the same thing to to be continued not for long I'm gonna watch that next episode right away (laughs) um so yeah I I'm so happy that y'all enjoyed this. This is something that's close to my heart. Um, and I'm happy that I could share it with you. Well, with all that said, as we are getting the signal to land, um, I want to make sure that folks know where we can find y'all. Elsa, where can we find you? Where can our, um, passengers find you if they want to get a little bit more of you in their lives?
2: Uh, yeah, so definitely subscribe to my podcast, Relatable Nerds. It's on Apple, Spotify, everywhere, like iHeartRadio, anywhere. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. Um, we do like live reactions to trailers. Um, it's also Relatable Nerds. We're Relatable Nerds across socials. And then I am Ilsa the Joe on social. And I'm also on a sketch comedy team called Farty City. It's under Gold Comedy, so check
1: that out as well. That's
3: on YouTube. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> Max, oh, what about speaking yourself? our language.
1: <laughs> uh, you can find me on all things social media at Maxwell Sing. Uh, I don't know, maybe Mastodon by the time this thing <laughs> airs. Fuck if I know, uh, but yeah, all things right now at Maxwell
3: Yeah, by the time this uh, this episode airs, you will find me on Tumblr and MySpace again uh you can find me at uh damn that's rich on instagram uh also go ahead and if you could uh like and subscribe and rate the podcast uh on apple on spotify on iheart um do the same for relatable nerds
0: and uh and enjoy yourself and you can find me jumping from building to building uh in some city that is weird and has interesting geography But you can also find me on social media at Run Jeff Run. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Thanks again to Ilsa for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for sneak peeks of our upcoming episodes. Uh, with the plane landed, the seatbelt sign off. We look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman.
1: Save the mountain lions. <laughs>